Today on the midweek, I want to continue on with a sermon series that I've actually been doing in church in 2016 called By Faith. And it's looking at the heroes of faith that are listed in Hebrews 11. And I've discontinued doing that series on Sunday morning, but I want to complete it on the midweeks. Uh, God really spoke to me through this chapter of the Bible in the fall when I was having a concentrated time of seeking Him, needing to have my soul healed, my soul refreshed. And so I don't want to miss out on sharing some of the treasures from Scripture that God revealed to me as I spent time meditating on the heroes of the faith from Hebrews 11. And this week I want to look at um, Sarah as she is described in Hebrews 11 as a heroine of the faith. And so uh, here is Sarah walking with God by faith. Hebrews 11, verses 11, says this, By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Sarah wife of perhaps the most famous man apart from Christ who ever lived, definitely um, part of the religious thought of the world between the Jews and the Christians and the Muslims, each one of these peoples of faith drawing their heritage back to Abraham, but with different takes on how they impact um, their faith. For us as Christians, we look to Abraham as the father of faith, not necessarily a physical father, for us Gentiles at least, but the father of faith who demonstrated how to walk in faith and how to be justified by faith. And that justification that Abraham received by believing in the promise of God was a a picture of what we would do as Christians, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, that God raised him from the dead, and receiving in return, as a gift of grace, justification, or righteousness in God's sight. And Sarah was Abraham's wife, his lawful wife. You know, Abraham's had some concubines, but Sarah was his lawful wife, the one through whom his uh, legal uh, descendants were to be born. But the problem was she was barren. And she was a barren for a long, 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 long time until well after she'd gone through menopause and the, her ability to have children uh, disappeared. But she is described as a woman of faith. And I, I find this passage has been challenging for me because um, the scriptures in Hebrews says that she considered him faithful who promised. But when you go through Genesis, it isn't you know striking where her faith was. Um, if you remember, if you go back to that time where the angel of the Lord and two other angels came to visit Abraham and promised that he would have a physical descendant through Sarah, this is in Genesis chapter 18, uh, Sarah laughed. That's kind of what she's known for. She laughed. So God says this, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I am worn out, and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, 
Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you, about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, No, but you did laugh. So that's the scene, you know. Sarah's listening to God talk to Abraham. And she hears about this promise, and it's, it's too wonderful for her. Uh, she's beyond having any hope that she herself would bear Abraham, a descendant. And so when she hears God make this promise, she just, she laughs. I, I, I'm assuming she gave one of those kind of like guffaws that it just, it just struck her as too impossible. But God confronts her. He says, why are you laughing? And he's talking to Abraham, but, you know, he was talking to Abraham in the first place. And so he's letting her overhear again what he says to Abraham. And then she t- says to him and says, I didn't laugh, but, but God knows the truth, right? She's afraid. She's embarrassed. Maybe it's, she was embarrassed for getting found out. I don't know if she was eavesdropping or if this was something that was expected that she'd be able to do, just kind of listen in on the conversation. But she denied him. So where's the faith? Well, I know that Sarah did believe that God was going to give Abraham a descendant. When God first took Abraham to the promised land, he said, you know, you're, the world is going to bless themselves through you, and one of your descendants is going to possess this land. Your descendants are going to possess this land. And so she, she did believe it. But as the years went on, and she wasn't having kids, she did this thing, you remember in Genesis 16, where she gives her servant Hagar to Abraham in order to raise up a descendant for herself. So she did believe that God was going to give Abraham a descendant and give Abraham this promised land, but she tried to take things into her own hands. She wanted to use Hagar as a surrogate to bear a descendant for Abraham, and this is where Ishmael came from. And so God kind of works with it, but he doesn't say, this is what I was talking about. He says, you know, I will bless Ishmael. I'll take care of him. And even when Hagar eventually has to leave, he promises to bless Ishmael and take care of Hagar and rescues their life. But he says, no, I'm going to give you a descendant from Sarah's own body. But he's waited a long time, a long, 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 long time. So Sarah is not joking when she says, my body's worn out and my Lord is old. And the author of Hebrews says, you know, Abraham is as good as dead. He's, he's already lived longer than most people do, and he's beyond the age of really having children with his wife. And this is part of God's plan. God wanted to do the impossible. God wanted to do something that was beyond physical capabilities, beyond manipulation by having a surrogate mother provide a child. He wanted to do something beyond all that to show that this was his glory and his power and that he would work out his promise and it wouldn't be something that people could manipulate. Even faith-filled people could make happen or manipulate. He needed to bring them to a place of outrageous faith where Abraham and Sarah both could look at themselves and look at their circumstances and say, this is utterly impossible. This is so impossible. This is so impossible. And so I think it was kind of important even that that Sarah, when she heard the promise, initially just said, this is impossible. And God had to say to her, is anything impossible for me? And so she kind of, she got a rebuke. And sometimes, you know, God will lay something on our hearts or lead us into something and it will look like everything goes wrong. 
and our faith will get shaken or challenged or seem to evaporate. And sometimes that's God's way of saying, look, you were kind of trusting in yourself, weren't you? I want to do this by the power of my spirit. I want to do this solely by grace. I want to show you my faithfulness, so believe in me. And so what happens after um, Sarah gets the promise that she'll have this child, and after she gets that rebuke for laughing, is she gets kidnapped again. She gets taken into um, another king's harem or palace, and God rescues her again. This is the second time that's happened. And many times as I've read this story, I've just been thinking about how Abraham's wife has been stolen. But the when Abraham's wife gets stolen, that's that's Sarah getting stolen. So twice she's been kind of taken away from her husband in order to move into a king's palace. And you can better believe that she was crying out to God in that. So this is the second time she's been kidnapped and rescued by a supernatural intervention by the Lord. The Lord, in the second case, you know, closed up all the wombs. Isn't that an interesting thing? When um, God confronts this king to give Sarah back to Abraham, he has shown that he's displeased with this king by closing up all the wounds of this king's household. And so all the women in this household are in the same place as Sarah. They can't have kids because God wants to bring Sarah back. And so somewhere through this whole process, Sarah gets it. God is in charge of who can have babies and who can't have babies. And old age isn't in charge of who can have babies or who can't have babies. If God can close up this womb of this whole household, he can open my womb. And so even though the scripture doesn't say, at this moment, Sarah believed, somewhere along the lines between the correction that God can do the impossible and another rescue, Sarah comes into faith and she does believe that God can do the impossible. And God visits her. About a year later, she's had a child. And God's been faithful to his promise. And not only does Sarah have one child, though she just has one physical child in her life, her descendants are as innumerable as the sand of the seashores. All the physical descendants of Abraham, the millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of Israelites who've ever been born, plus all of Abraham's children of faith. Sarah's our mom too. She's a woman of faith. She's the mother of faith. She believed that God could do the impossible, even after God let things get worse and worse and worse in her body, older and older and older. He let things get as impossible as possible, if you'll let me use the word possible too many times. And then he came through for her so that she would be the mother of faith for us too and a heroine of the faith. So how can we apply this to ourselves? We need to know that sometimes God will take us to a place where we laugh at the possibility of God fulfilling his promises to us. We just think this is impossible. God can't do it. We laugh at it. And sometimes God will rebuke us and say, really? So a situation has shown up that I can't handle? I didn't know there was such a thing. But I guess you've decided that things are too much for me. That's good to know. No, no, no. He, he corrects us. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. And so we're called to be like Sarah and to turn away from our circumstances and turn away even from our own abilities and look to the Lord and say, God, nothing is impossible with you. Let your promises be fulfilled. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And join with Sarah in her faith in that way. Be blessed.